0: Well, good morning, church family, good morning, friends, good morning to those of you that are checking out Radiant Life for the first time on our live streaming. My name's Ryan, I'm our lead pastor here, and we are jumping into a brand new teaching series titled At The Movies, and we are gonna look at some spiritual truths within some of the most popular movies of the last few years, and one of the cool things the way that our Savior, our Messiah, Jesus Christ, taught is he taught in what it's known as parables. What that means is uh, a parable was a story that Jesus was telling the crowds in order to get a spiritual truth to them. And I would say our modern day parables, 2,000 years later, are movies. And so every year, year and a half, we try to do this series called At the Movies. And this year, we're going to take a look at four different movies. And I know for some of you, maybe perhaps you've been binge watching, as Pastor Brandon said, maybe two. Too much, maybe a little too much Amazon Prime or Netflix or Disney Plus, whatever's out there. But uh, I really think that these four movies that we have picked out for this series will be a little lighthearted, but at the same time, just really getting into some deep spiritual truths. And I'm really excited to kick off week one with you all. And here's the big uh, movie that we're going to unpack this morning, and that's this. It's Darkest Hour. This is a war drama movie that is based on Winston Churchill during uh, World War II. And this was a, a, a movie that was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. It was also uh, Gary Oldman there, the actor that portrayed Winston Churchill. He actually won the Grammy for the Best Actor. And this movie, I'm I, again, I'm biased towards anything historical and especially great leadership. And this movie brings them both. And so if you didn't get a chance this past week to watch it, you can jump on sometime this week and get caught up with this movie. And I'm going to unpack a little bit and then we're going to tie it into a biblical story as well. But here's what I love about this movie. It's based on the real life events of Winston Churchill as he navigates the scary waters of World War II. And what's occurring the days leading up to World War II is America's kind of holding its breath a little bit because they're kind of watching the war in Europe before America jumps into this war. And uh, there's a guy that's just kind of conquering all of Western Europe. And we know him as Adolf Hitler from Germany, the Nazis. And so Adolf Hitler and his Nazi regime began conquering Poland in 1939, completely devastated that country. And then Adolf set his eyes on Western Europe, and then he pulverized country after country. He went to Norway and Denmark, and then he went to Holland, and then he went to Luxembourg and Belgium, and he's completely, absolutely annihilating these people and taking over these countries. And all of a sudden, he creates this Third Reich, this thing, this regime that kind of rises up, and they are just absolutely devastating people. And all of a sudden, what we find ourselves is that there's a group of soldiers in France on the beach of Dunkirk. And it's there that the British soldiers, as well as the French army, are trapped by the Nazis. They are days away from being annihilated unless a miracle happens. They are waiting and knowing these bombs are coming from the Nazis We don't have a way out. We are trapped in Dunkirk. And all of a sudden, it's in that pinnacle moment in history that Winston Churchill comes onto the scene in that darkest hour when he comes onto the scene as the prime minister of Great Britain, of England, of London, and he's rising against Adolf Hitler, an absolute man of evil. And what's interesting about this whole entire situation is that there is absolute panic in England because they know if Adolf Hitler takes over Dunkirk in, in France, there's only basically one country left. Just hop the waters and they're going to England next. And it's in that moment that there is a transition of, of parliament, of, of a prime minister, that Winston Churchill enters into the scene And now what's really cool is if you got your Bible, or if you got your phone or your tablet, you want to turn in the Old Testament, and I'm going to get us there, um, and how this story relates to a, it's almost like an identical Older Testament story. It's found in 2 Kings, and if you want to read the whole thing, I'm going to kind of paraphrase a lot, but 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 19, and here we find the nation of Israel the nation of Israel, on their throne is a king by the name of Hezekiah. Hezekiah is reigning in Jerusalem, very much like Winston Churchill. There's an evil king or dictator out there that's going to try to take over. And King Hezekiah in Jerusalem is sitting there going to face the Assyrian army. And the Assyrian army is absolutely wrecking havoc on people. Like, identical to Nazi Germany. It's really a scary correlation there. But both men, both Winston Churchill and King Hezekiah, are going to find themselves making a courageous, bold statement in the face of danger and adversity. What's really cool is this is an awesome book that I got when I was doing this study. Um, It's titled God and Churchill how the great leader's sense of divine destiny changed his troubled world and offers hope for ours. This book is actually written by the great-grandson of Winston Churchill. And what's really cool is that Winston Churchill, when he was 16 years old, had this like dream and vision that he believed was absolutely from God of what he would eventually become. And in this book, here's the quote. From Winston Churchill. This is what he thought when he was only 16 years old. He says this, this country will be subjected somehow to a tremendous invasion. I shall be in command of the defenses of London and it will fall to me to save the capital and save the empire. There was something incredible about 16-year-old Winston Churchill he thought in that moment he had divine destiny. He had no idea that years later that he would eventually become prime minister and sure enough he'd be facing Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. He would have to make a decision to save England and he was only 16 years old. And what's so impressive about this is it seems so improbable and here's why. Winston Churchill as a young boy was considered a failure. Actually, Winston Churchill almost dropped out of school because of his failing grades. And yet, here's a guy who would rise up to be command of an entire country and basically save that nation from Nazi Germany. Just like God's hand had divine destiny on Winston Churchill, God's hand had divine destiny for King Hezekiah. There is an awesome correlation that we're gonna jump into. So if you do have your Bible there, 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 2. And what we're gonna to try to correlate are these two guys' lives and how did they face battles and adversity? And how does it apply to us? How do when we face battles and adversity, what do we do? And so here we go 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 2 begins this way. He, Hezekiah, was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem. 29 years. So when King Hezekiah took over the throne, he was young, only 25. When Winston Churchill took over as prime minister of of England, he was in his 60s. So a little bit of an age gap, but they still are in the same exact boat of ruling a nation. It goes on. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. Now imagine having that title. That there was no other kings before him or after him that was like him. Like what an honor, what a great badge to have that he was an incredible king. And it continues. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses. And so we have this beautiful picture of the kind of king that Hezekiah was a God that was really, uh, or a guy that was after God, keeping his commands. And here's the result in King Hezekiah's life for following what God wanted him to do. And I love this. It says this, and the Lord was with him. God's hand was on him. Even in the face of battles and adversity, even in the face of confusion and not understanding everything, King Hezekiah was still faithful to God. And as a result, God was with him. And I know many, for, for many of us, we're, we're facing our own battles today. I mean, we're all facing the same battle right now. It's called COVID-19. We're all facing isolation we're all facing a, perhaps an economic crisis. We don't know what's going to happen just months from now. We have no idea the impact that we'll have. But we know this, there is a psychological impact right now happening in our minds because of COVID-19. And I don't know what battle you're facing today. Maybe it is that battle of COVID-19. Maybe it's a battle at home. Maybe it's a battle at work or with a friend that's just, it's falling apart. But I want you to know this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you in your battles. You may not understand it. I don't get it. But he's there with you. And now the story gets super interesting. It's going to kind of kick into another gear here says this, in the 14th year of King Hezekiah's reign, Sennacherib, what a great name by the way, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. Now here's what's so incredible about this king of Assyria. Sennacherib is almost an identical picture of Adolf Hitler. Now here's a statue of Sennacherib. He was the king of the Assyrians and 701 BC he decided, "Let's just go try to rule the ancient world." And he goes and he begins to devastate cities. And guess what? He turned murder into a game. In fact, when when the Assyrians would go and capture a city and completely devastated, here's exactly what they did. They raped the women, they killed all the children, And then they took all the men and began to fillet their skin like fish until the guy eventually could not take it anymore and died. And then they would take the men's bodies that were filleted from their skin and put it right at the city gate for display for everyone who walks by. Sennacherib and the Assyrians were pure evil. And this is what King Hezekiah was facing. They were on the brink of coming into Jerusalem and taking over. And Winston Churchill was facing a very evil dictator. Was uh, on the brink of taking over their nation as soon as they conquered the beach of Dunkirk. Both men, Winston Churchill and King Hezekiah, are in the same spot. What do we do When evil is on our doorsteps, what do we do? And here it goes on the king of Assyria, sent his supreme commander, his chief officer, and his field commander with a large army to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. In other words, that Sennacherib sends a war council to Jerusalem to try to go make some sort of truth or some sort of like, hey, just go ahead and fold into our evil so we can take over. Perhaps your life will be saved. I don't know. But he sends his entire war council and basically says, hey, either surrender or you're going going to get slaughtered. You choose. And it's so awesome in this correlation that Winston Churchill was in the middle of the thick of everything, and he has a decision to make as well. Winston Churchill, you either surrender and we give in, or we're going to go all the way. We're not gonna surrender, we're gonna fight the evil. Both of them are at this crossroads. And all of a sudden, Winston Churchill comes out of a meeting with his fist up, one finger up, the second finger up, and all of a sudden, this symbol transformed London. This was the sign that Winston Churchill brought to the people it's victory. He said, We will not surrender. There will be victory for London, for England. Now remember, why did he he have that mindset? Remember that quote when he was 16? He believed he had divine destiny from God, that he was going to save them. And so in the midst of evil right there, Nazi Germany, Winston Churchill's going to have to make a decision. And so will King Hezekiah. They both are going to enter into a decision. But for Winston Churchill, fist up. One, two, not today. There's going to be victory for us. So King Hezekiah knew this as well. And here's the response King Hezekiah is going to have to Sennacherib in that whole war council. A conversation goes like this. The field commander said to them, Hey, tell Hezekiah this. Tell your king this. This is what the great king, the king of Assyria says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? In other words, hey, Really, we're destroying everything. Why are you so confident there in Jerusalem? And he continues on. You say you have a strategy in military strength, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending that you're rebel against me? Who are you going to, come on, really, king? Are you really? We, who are you going to call, your allies? Guess what? We destroyed them. There's no way out. Surrender. And I thought to myself, you know exactly that's what the enemy wants to do to us, doesn't he? The enemy wants to all of a sudden try to get into our head and play a mind game with us. King Hezekiah has a decision. Do I just surrender or do we do something else? And I want you to know, no matter what you're facing, there's an enemy of your soul that wants to destroy you. He's known as Satan. He's known as the deceiver. And one of the ways he does it is he tries to get up here with you. And know this thought. Before he attacks, he chirps. He's going to try to get into your head. Hey, really? You're at work. You're all alone. You're lonely. Really? Just go ahead. Compromise that relationship and your morals and your standards. Go ahead. It's okay. And he's going to try to attack here first. That is why as a follower of Jesus, we are told that to put on the armor, the full armor of God. And what is up here, that's the helmet of salvation. That you don't have to believe the lies of the devil, your deceiver. You can walk in God's truth, but the enemy, he's going to try to chirp at you. He's going to try to get into your head and trip you up. He desires to speak intimidation into your life. He desires to speak negativity into your life. He desires to speak compromise and desires to chirp lies into your head. And that's what we find Sennacherib doing to King Hezekiah in this moment. And then he says this. Then the commander stood and called out in Hebrew. Hebrew. Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you. He cannot deliver you from my hand. Do not let Hezekiah persuade you to trust in the Lord when he says, the Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and come out to me. And these ruthless barbarians are trying to chirp negativity and lies into the Hebrew people, the nation of Israel right there in Jerusalem. Now the people, do we believe in this or do we follow our king? What do we do? And this is the battle that's going on. That, that Sirnacherib is trying to get King Hezekiah, hey, trip into this. Don't fight me, trip into this, just surrender. Hey, Adolf Hitler, as soon as I take Dunkirk, you're next, England, and I'm taking you guys on. And all of a sudden, there's this this so similar to one another. They're ruthless. Absolutely ruthless people that two incredibly people with courageous leadership and spines of steel. So we're not going to give in to this. And then each of you. Each of you will eat fruit. This is still the promise, the chirps of the lies. Each of you will eat fruit from your own vine and fig tree and drink water from your own cistern until I come and take you to a land of your own, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Choose life, not death. Come on, choose peace. And it's in that darkest hour that King Hezekiah has a decision to make. What do we do? And it's in the moment in King Hezekiah that he's hearing his entire people say, hey, I understand, do we give in, do we not? And what's interesting is in Darkest Hour, Winston Churchill is faced with the same thing and his entire cabinet wants Winston Churchill to say, just surrender because they're going to annihilate us. And then Winston Churchill, he's in his war room and this is his famous quote that he shouts to his war council. When they all wanna surrender, He shouts this to them. You cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. And then he walks away. When everyone else is chirping, hey, just listen to him. We got to surrender. This isn't going to work. He says, there is no way we're going to surrender. And King Hezekiah is in the midst of hearing the lies of, hey, he's got to lead his people. Say, don't believe the lies. Nacarib will not give you what he's promising. Trust in the Lord. And King Hezekiah and Winston Churchill knew this, that it is never the wrong time to do the right thing. It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. No matter how difficult that decision may be and no matter how unpopular that decision may be, it is never the wrong time to do the right thing. And both... Winston Churchill and King Hezekiah have a decision to make. Stand our ground or give in. And I want you to know as a follower of Jesus, We do not, the the writer of Hebrews says this, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. I don't know what you may be facing, but I know this, that when it seems overwhelming, that's when the power of God feels most present in our life. Never let intimidation trump conviction. Never let intimidation trump your conviction. Never let the voice of the enemy drown out the voice of God. Never, ever let anything that the devil wants to chirp and buy into that. The same spirit that we celebrated last week that rose Jesus from the grave is living inside of you as a follower of Jesus. Live into that power. Never let that intimidation of the enemy get up here. I realize this whole COVID-19 thing. Can I be real? It sucks. We're in isolation. It hurts. Grieve, weep. But don't buy in to possibly the negativity that the devil wants to use with all the news to get up here with you. Say, no, not today, devil. Not today, And my truth rests on the foundation of who Jesus Christ is and who God is. And I'm going to trust in that. And it doesn't matter if you feel weak or powerful. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. You have to live into God's truth right here. When Jesus says this, or when John says this, the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The the Holy Spirit inside of you as a follower of Jesus is greater than any enemy that we will face right here live into that. The devil wants to chirp things into your head. Never ever let intimidation trump your conviction. Stand firm and know the one in you is greater than he who is in the world. Don't back down. Don't give in. Stand your ground and do the right thing that's in God's eyes. And it may be unpopular. It may cause some tension. And I think Jesus created the color gray. It's, sometimes it's not black. Sometimes it's not white. It's gray. And we don't like that gray because in the gray, there's a lot of tension there. Don't be afraid of tension. Walk into tension with grace and truth. Walk into that. In fact, what's really cool, in 1940. There's about 500,000 British troops and French troops on the beach of Dunkirk. And and King um, and uh, Winston Churchill knew this is the moment that God put me as prime minister. I know this is. It's my divine destiny. And he has to come up with a game plan. How do I save these troops? Because if I'm able to get these troops out, maybe I can come back and fortify London and be safe from Nazi Germany how do I do it? And there were 500,000 British and French troops. The Nazis are hours away of bombing the beach. And all of a sudden, those that are in the Allied forces fighting Nazi Germany, here's what one says in this moment. General Edmund Ironside says this, this is the end of the British empire. We're done. Here's what uh, King Leopold III of Belgium says. The cause of the allies is loss. The narrative of the entire public opinion was, let's just welcome Hitler and let's hope for the best. But Winston Churchill, he stood up and reminded the entire nation with a fist, one finger, and two. And he says this, we would rather go down fighting than being enslaved to Germany. And everyone in his sphere of influence was saying, we're surrendering. We're done. That's it. It took moral courage. It took courageous leadership to do what Winston Churchill had to do. Now King Hezekiah has a decision. What do we do? When evil's on our foot, literally the Assyrian army's right there. Let's jump back into that story. It says this. Oh, I love you, Miss Siri. You're wonderful to me in the middle of my teaching. That's awesome. Don't you guys all love technology too? Now I got to figure out how to get back. There we go. All right, let's jump in. Second Kings, here we go. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore the clothes and put on the sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. It was the church. And here, here it is, here it is. Here it is. What did he do? And Hezekiah, he prayed. He prayed. There's evil. I don't know what to do. There's a battle right there. There's adversity. And instead of hearing all the lies and the chirps, King Hezekiah, King Hezekiah just turns and says, God, I'm going to you. I'm praying. And King Hezekiah, if you read his whole prayer, he prays boldly, he prayers loudly, knowing that God is still in control, even though things out there look ugly. And God is still in control in the midst of COVID-19, even though things look ugly. you got to believe that. See, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. I think sometimes prayer is our last resort. We try all the other things first, and it was like, oh, okay, um, okay, God, I'm going to turn to you now. And King Hezekiah, no, before I get anything else, I need to seek the Lord. And he he just sprawls out, prays boldly and loudly. I need to hear from you, God. I need deliverance for you. You need to step up and do a miracle. In fact, Winston Churchill, he, underneath the bunker, or underneath, he created what was called war rooms, where he would get his war cabinet together and plan out the attacks. And how are they going to save all those British and French troops at Dunkirk? How are they going to do it? And I think this is a beautiful picture of the of, <laughs> of of us as followers of Jesus, right? That above us there's a war going on, but deep down we know the battle's won on our knees in prayer. And that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, this is you got to know this. Look at what Isaiah says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Know this, it does not say that a weapon won't be formed. A weapon will be formed, but you just got to live into the truth knowing that that sucker's not going to prosper. And how is it not going to prosper? I'm going to be on my knees. I, I, I am begging for God to step in in a huge way. And the story continues. Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, Lord, God, our God, God, you gotta do something incredible. And what is so cool back into the the world that in the darkest hour, what London and England did is they shut down all their schools and businesses and opened up all the churches and all the soldiers and the entire community flooded the churches, got on their knees and started praying, God, we need a miracle. Or all of our men over on the beach of Dunkirk are gonna get destroyed. How incredible is that? That they would shut down basically all society so everyone can go and pray. Start pleading with God. And in the midst of it, this was this was Winston Churchill's Hail Mary to save them. His idea was: let's send normal people with boats across the channel to the beach of Dunkirk and just start collecting all the troops. It was the Hail Mary. You look at this and like, this is the stupidest idea. What are you doing? But remember Winston Churchill's motivation. Fist up, one, two, there will be victory. And Winston Churchill prayed, I know I'm here for divine destiny. And get this. At 7 o'clock p.m., all the churches were flooded with people praying. In In less than 24 hours, May 29th, 47,000 troops were rescued. The next day, May 30th, 53,000 troops were rescued. May 31st, the following day, 68,000 troops were rescued. And finally, June 1st, sixty-four thousand british and french troops were rescued a total after less than 24 hours after an entire nation got on their knees and prayed for god to intervene a total of 336,000 soldiers were saved because an entire nation in winston churchill says no we won't surrender there will be victory and how do we start victory on our knees in prayer And as I wrap up, this King Hezekiah is doing the same. Just sprawled out, praying to God, God, we need your deliverance. The story, God's going to step up. It says this, this is God speaking. Don't be afraid of what you've heard. Don't be afraid. God will eventually go on and say, I'm going to cut them down with the sword. Don't be afraid of what you heard. And hear, my friend... As you follow Jesus, I know it can seem scary when adversity comes our way. But allow these words, allow your heavenly father that loves you dearly, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you did years ago, allow your heavenly father to speak these words over you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And in this moment, I think I would imagine King Hezekiah doing that victory pose. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to trust in the Lord. And I'm on my knees still praying. But there's victory. And it says this. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and he withdrew. That was King Hezekiah's darkest hour. The Assyrians are right there. To annihilate us. And it was Winston Churchill's darkest hour. The Nazi army is just right across the channel on that beach, and we're next. But it all starts on our knees. On our knees. And I don't know exactly, as I said before, I don't know what you're facing all facing different things through this whole crisis. Winston Churchill would eventually go to the entire parliament and give a rallying cry. And Winston Churchill was quoted saying these two words that forever changed the nation of England in World War II. He says this, never surrender. And as a follower of Jesus, that's what we're called. We're called to surrender to Him, but we will never surrender to the lies of the enemy. We will never surrender to any chirping that the enemy wants to put in our hands. We will never surrender. And when the moment of adversity and trials come, it starts with us on our knees. God, I need you and I'm gonna trust you for victory, God for victory and I love the God we serve says man you're my child I love you with my reckless love it seems crazy but even in the midst of everything you've gone through I don't want you to surrender you're mine you're my son you're my daughter and that's the God we serve so friends may you never surrender in the midst of trials of battles may every day, every moment, we start on our knees and not as a last resort, but it's a first response. I'm yours, God, I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours. So let me pray for you this morning. Father God, would you give us strength? Would you give us strength to be on our knees, to worship you above everything? No matter if we feel that evil is on our footsteps and on the doorsteps, it's right there. No matter what we're facing, whether it's fear, anxiety, worry, stress, just horrible situations at work or at the home, God, every day, may we be on our knees seeking you. And we know that your heart for us is a heart of love that you don't want to see your kids hurt. And I thank you that even when we don't see you moving, you are. And help us to never, ever listen to the lies of the enemy. May we remind the enemy of his fate. He's defeated and we can have victory. Father, we give you that all in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, will you stand with me? And we're gonna close with the song, Reckless Love. So let's stand where you are and let's sing together and let's praise God this morning.